you ask yourself, or maybe you've wanted to ask, where's God right now? How's my life being impacted right now? If that's the case, I'd love to direct your attention to the Lamb, at the center of the throne. And I want you to look very carefully at this Lamb. Did you notice? This lamb isn't lying on the ground in the center of, the, of it all. He's not slouched back on the throne. He's not even sitting on the throne. The lamb is standing. The lamb is standing. Right now, the Lord is not slouched back in heaven watching your life from his recliner. But he is actively directing and guiding your life. He is literally holding your future in his hands. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. When you know Christ is risen, Sometimes you just gotta sing about it. And a song like In Christ Alone is a good song to sing. But in John's vision this morning, there's another song that's worth singing. This Easter season, we've been going through the book of Revelation. And this morning, we're in Revelation chapter 5. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne. And to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, 
Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. This is God's word. How can I possibly take you to that heavenly reality? How can I stand up here and talk to you about something so magnificent, so extravagant that it should literally melt your minds? I can't do it. So let me first take you somewhere else. 90,462 people all circled around their voices growing louder and louder, their feet banging on the bleachers, and every eye fixed on one football. That was the opening kickoff of the 2020 Rose Bowl game. The biggest crowd that I have ever been in. And it's, it's quite the extravagant event. A lot goes into it. Not just the crowds of people, but the marching bands, and the the B-2 bomber that flies over the stadium, I learned later that that plane costs $100,000 per hour to operate. And they fly it in from Missouri all the way to California to fly over the stadium in a matter of seconds. So you begin to wonder, is, is that really all worth it for a football game? Not even to mention the parade, just the millions and millions of dollars that are poured into this one game. But now, if you can even imagine something so much more extravagant, something so much more magnificent, 100 million angels, A thousand rose bowls, all of them circled around their throne, their voices joined together in praises of proclamation, in perfect harmony. Just a roar of angelic proclamation. It's a a flyover that lasts forever. And then all of creation, did you catch that? Every creature joins in on this praise. And standing at the center of it all, maybe not what you'd expect actually, a lamb. A lamb is standing at the center of all of this praise, but this lamb is worthy of it all. Worthy of all praise because this lamb was slain. And now this lamb lives In John's vision that we have this morning, everything is right where it should be. The lamb is at the center, and then praise is on the lips of everyone else around the throne. That's what life should look like, right? Jesus is at the center of everything, and then his praise is always on our lips. I think we would say that Jesus is, in fact, worthy of that. But is that always what life looks like? Is Jesus always at the center? Is praise always on our lips? And if that's not the case, well then where is our praise going? What's what's happening? 
I think I need to come out and say right off the bat, I don't think praise is just a word, a church word that we toss around here on a Sunday morning. I think it's, I think it's more than that because really I think the whole world is competing for praise. You know that, that little thumbs up icon, a.k.a. the, the like button? I think that's, that's praise, isn't it? And that kind of praise is everywhere, and that kind of praise is valuable. Let me give you an example. Have you, have you heard about that one kid who plays with toys and makes millions of dollars? It's, it's not a scam. I'm not making this up. What he does is he makes videos of himself reviewing toys. It's a, he's a kid. And then millions of other kids watch these videos, give him a like, and then YouTube pays him the big bucks. That's because praise is valuable. And as is the case with anything that's valuable, people will be competing for it. People will be trying to win your praise. And so I could really talk about how powerful those forces are. You know, how good these advertising companies are getting at capturing our attention and, and receiving that praise, our likes, our subscriptions, our shares, our orders, all of those things. You know, a lot of, a lot of people are talking about that, that Netflix documentary. You know, have you, ever, have you ever wondered, how come Facebook and Instagram are free to use? They're not free to operate. And then the shocking reality comes out in that documentary. Well, if, if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. And then that gets kind of scary because these, you know, these companies are selling your information, your personality, your preferences, all so that other companies can do a better job of getting your attention, of getting your praise. I could really talk that up say how powerful they are. I could talk up the sheer number of advertisements that apparently we're exposed to every single day. I read that's apparently 4,000 advertisements of some sort, a billboard, a commercial, you name it. So I could stand up here and I could say that's why our praise isn't going to the Lamb. Right? We're up against these millions and millions of dollar companies that are competing for our praise and our attention. But if we're being honest with ourselves, I don't think that's the real problem. I think the real problem is a sin problem. Because it's a sin problem when I let my awe for the Lamb of God be bought out by that Lexus commercial. It's a sin problem when I look in the mirror and I think, well, that guy's worthy of some praise. It's a sin problem when I let Jesus just kind of fade into the background of my life, buried beneath the banners and the billboards. It's a sin problem when I think Jesus may be worthy of some, but not all. It's a sin problem, and if we're being honest with ourselves, it's our problem. But if you're going to walk away with 
just one thing this morning. I don't want it to be about those companies that are trying to, to buy your praise. I want it to be about the Lamb who bought you. The Lamb who purchased your salvation, not with, not with millions of dollars, but with something so much more precious than that. The blood of God's own Son to win you. Jesus was lifted up on a cross for all to see. And a banner was posted above his head, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. It caught some people's attention. But for many others, the sight was just so gruesome, they had to turn away. Jesus did all of this to bring you to God. Even when our praise amounted to nothing, Jesus gave you everything. And so Jesus is worthy of it all because he gave us it all. He was slain. But you know that Jesus did not stay dead. Three weeks ago, we celebrated that objective, historic reality that Jesus is risen. We had the, the Easter lilies up here. We had a, a full church like I'd never seen it. We had visiting family. We had that, that Easter brunch that I, I promise I'm still dreaming about to this day. But a lot's happened in the last three weeks, hasn't it? You know, the, the very next Sunday, not only did we lose the, the Easter lilies and the Easter brunch, but we lost coming together here. And the next Sunday, we, we said farewell to Esther that has meant and still means so much to each one of us. A lot has happened, and it's a lot to take in. All of that, in addition to everything else that's going on in your lives outside of this building. And so I guess I sort of just want to check in. How are we doing this morning? How are we doing three weeks after Easter? You know, is, is that enthusiasm, is that excitement still there? Is the praise still on our lips? Or do we look more like the grocery stores at this point? You know, all the Easter candy's been on sale. The lilies are finally picked over. Time for the next holiday. Sometimes maybe it can feel that way. You know, we're just crossing Easter off the calendar and moving on. But not, not feeling that enthusiasm and that excitement, I think it's, we're just, again, scratching the surface of the problem. Because I think deep down, that lack of enthusiasm and that lack of praise, it can come from a heart of, of doubt. And see if, see if you track where I'm going with this kind of doubt. It's, it's not that we are doubting the reality of the empty tomb. But more so, it's that we're doubting that that empty tomb has an effect on our reality. That, that tomb was empty on Easter Sunday morning, but what about, what about tomorrow morning? Can the empty tomb drive the kids to soccer, empty the dishwasher and vacuum the stairs? 
Or when, when life really kind of punches you in the face, can the empty tomb take away the tumor? Can it care for my aging parents? Can it get me out of the ICU? How are we doing three weeks after Easter? When we, when we get past Easter Sunday, when Easter Sunday is over and life keeps going, does the praise just sort of plummet? When we're looking at Monday morning in the face and it's, it's either mundane or it's miserable, maybe, maybe you ask yourself or maybe you've wanted to ask, where's God right now? How is my life being impacted right now? If that's the case, I'd love to direct your attention to the Lamb at the center of the throne. And I want you to look very carefully at this Lamb. Did you notice this Lamb isn't lying on the ground in the center of, the, of it all? He's not slouched back on the throne. He's not even sitting on the throne. The lamb is standing. The lamb is standing. Right now, the Lord is not slouched back in heaven watching your life from his recliner. But he is actively directing and guiding your life. He is literally holding your future in his hands. That, that sealed scroll that only he can open. And so day by day, he is impacting your life. Even, even the little things like what you eat for breakfast. Did you catch that in, in the gospel reading? I love that, that Jesus cooks his disciples breakfast. You know, of all the things that the resurrected Lord could be doing at this point, he's on the lake shore cooking up some breakfast for the disciples. And so Jesus is with you on a Monday morning, whether your breakfast looks like that Easter brunch or Quaker oatmeal. He's right there. And day by day through your life, he's guiding you until one day, one day you too can stand in the stadium of saints and sing that song, that song of praise. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Worthy is the Lamb. What, what a song. In order, though, for us to sing it and to really mean it, to belt it out, we need to believe that it is our song. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain for me. And that Lamb is worthy of all praise because He gives me the faith to believe it. Because that Lamb is living not only for you, but in you. I have to ask, did you, did you notice anything unusual about this Lamb standing at the center of the throne? Did you notice the, the seven eyes and the seven horns? I promise it's, it's not supposed to look like some creature from Monsters, Inc. But it's, it's symbolism. And, and John fills us in on that symbolism. 
He says it's the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. The Spirit of God sent out into all the earth. To me, that, that sounds a lot like the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit going out from the Son. That's something that we confess in the creeds every other week. We say, we believe in the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son. It's not just, it's not just a, a doctrinal point, but it's a miracle. And it's no small miracle for all of us that the Holy Spirit has been sent out into all the earth to, to plant and to preserve faith in our hearts so that we can believe those promises, so that we can believe that this, the Lamb was slain for me, lives for me, and lives in me. As the, as the angelic choir crescendos, as every creature joins in singing, don't you just want to sing along? Worthy is the Lamb. It takes me to a summer evening. You know, you're, you're driving down an open road on a golden summer evening. The windows are down, the wind is just whipping through the car, and the song of the summer comes on the radio. What do you do? You crank the volume. Speakers are just blasting. You're drumming on the steering wheel, and you just belt it out. Worthy is the Lamb. He's worthy of it all. He gave us it all. He lives with us in all our days. And he lives in us so that we can believe all his promises. John got to see this, this heavenly reality. The angelic choir, the eternal praise, the majesty of it all. I don't think I can quite, quite take you there this morning. Words fail. I just, I can't quite take you there. But Jesus can. And Jesus will. Praise God for that. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, open our eyes to see you by faith standing at the center of all things. Send your spirit into all the earth that we may sing your praise. You are worthy of all of it. Amen. <laughs>